This episode has been rated E for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ethereum Gaming Podcast, where we talk about the past, present, and the future of video games. We've got a lot to talk about when it comes to the future of video games this week, as we just got over with a whopping E3 that uh, included two great consoles, the Xbox and the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and there was also a lot of good news for place for uh, no, no, sorry, there was no good news for PlayStation, but there was some good news for PC. But uh, regardless, Aaron, how's your week going? I feel like you did that on purpose. <laughs> my, um, my week, my week has been good. Uh, extremely busy with work, a whole lot going on there, but um, still got some time in for gaming. I've been jumping around a bit. There's a lot that came out this week for me to jump into, but I fully dived into Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart, which came out on Friday, and as of today. On Tuesday, I beat the game. I'm about one awesome. trophy away at this point from platinuming it. So, so sorry, how many hours two. are we talking? I never know with you. Like, if you beat something in five hours, or if you beat something in thirty-five hours, you could still beat it in a week. So, uh, how many hours are we talking? What did Ratchet and Clank set you back? So, Ratchet and Clank games—they uh, don't take too long to beat. You can beat most of them within like nine hours. I want to say I've spent probably about fifteen, sixteen hours on this one. Um, okay. just because I, I kind of explored every little detail of the game and we'll one talk a little through. Yeah. One playthrough, one playthrough. So, um, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about it next week, but there was a point in the game where you get a tool that allows you to, uh, to see a lot more of the map and a lot of the hidden stuff that you need to get your trophies. And I didn't know that. So I spent the entire game looking over every little detail of that game, trying to find every little thing. Because historically that oh, hasn't wow. happened, um, so I definitely put a little bit more time than I needed to, but I enjoyed every second of it. I absolutely love this game. I have had a great time with it. Um, I've been blowing up your guys' phones with a uh, with photo mode. Oh, of course, always. having yeah. having a great yeah, that, time with that. You guys, that always one know photo you sent today was awesome. Which one? The uh, uh, the pirates one. The the ode to pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, there's a little uh, a little Easter egg to pirates of the caribbean hidden in the game you know it's it's probably best that you did not find that so early in the game though because i know back in the day on the gamecube i had a cabela's game and as soon as you went into the the uh area where you were going to be hunting you could see a ghostly outline of whatever deer or elk or whatever you were hunting and i would just uh play with the bullet drop until i hit it as soon as i loaded in each area and i would kill the uh trophy animal as soon as i got in there so uh, it takes a little bit of the hunt away when or just see where everything's at. Yeah, that so, whole you know, exploration I, element. It, yeah, you enjoy it a lot more when you actually explore it. So uh, maybe that was good. But you know, I heard a wise voice in there that uh, understands the meaning of a powerful console. Chad, how are you doing this week? Man, uh, pretty good. We, uh, we got back from a little business trip with my wife down to uh, Aaron's neck of the woods. Didn't get to see his wonderful face, though. Unfortunately, we were slammed. But uh, I came home to some major internet problems. So my one-year anniversary stream was Saturday, as of the date of this recording, uh, four days ago. And I did not get to do that because I had zero upload speed. Oh, man. So yeah, yesterday we woke up to no internet. And we didn't have internet till about 1.30 in the afternoon. And then magically everything was running smooth. 
Uh, I had a tech come out today and he said everything looked good. Uh, so I don't really know what happened, but I was not able to stream for three days. And that's, cr- that's crazy, man. Yeah, it was weird. It really yeah, was that's, weird. After I came back from vacation, it was a week and a half before I was able to stream again, or not, not stream, but even play Call of Duty again uh, because of my latency. You know, it's, it's kind of a joke in the Mando Bros that uh, my internet is ran off a hamster wheel because of how poor my internet is. And so we've come to the realization that every time I'm on a vacation, my hamster also takes a vacation and it takes a <laughs> while for him to get back his cardio after I get back. <laughs> he's um, got to, he's got to warm up. He's got to warm back up. That's right. So, yeah, uh, but I could play well, games. That's the problem. I was, I was able to play games. There was a little bit of lag. I wasn't getting my full download speed that I, that I know that I pay for. And I just could not stream because I had zero, zero upload. And I don't know why they don't know why either. That's insane. Uh, so what have you been playing this week then? Uh, have you gotten into anything or has it just been Call of Duty when you weren't streaming? I played Call of Duty once. I played that on uh, on Sunday night um, just with some friends from college. But I've been playing Destiny 2. So I've played probably about 20 hours of Destiny 2 in the last three or four days. So How Saturday, long has it been since you played that? Uh, I played in February for a little bit, according to Steam. And besides that, I haven't played it since uh, Warzone dropped. So March of 2020. Oh, wow. But yeah, I, one of my buddies uh, gifted me the full paid version of Destiny. So I was just playing the free version, the free, the free light, they call it. And, but now I have the full complete game. And I've just been grinding away on that like I used to do. And I love it. It's so fun. It's awesome. Uh, as for myself, um, I have been a little bit all over the place. I had a kind of crazy busy week at work last week. So honestly, I think I watched more Netflix. And by watching Netflix, I mean Netflix watched me more than uh, I actually got to game last week. But uh, I did when I played. I was very eclectic in my play. Uh, like I said, I was having some internet issues. And so the latency was just terrible on COD. And actually, it was so bad that a lot of times when I would jump into COD, like I would touch my feet to the ground in Verdansk. And about that time, like I would have a spike in my internet and I would just get kicked out of the game. So the Mando Bros actually introduced me to Knockout City. Have either of y'all had an opportunity to play Knockout City yet? No, but I, I downloaded exactly it. What but it I, yeah, I looked so fun. I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet. Dude, y'all need to download it and we can play it after this podcast. Um, Knockout City is a free-to-play game that is included on Xbox Game Pass. It's also now on the Switch and uh, PC. Uh, I assume it's on PlayStation as well. Uh, of course, I, I haven't looked into that. It is, uh, but but it's a uh, to me it it feels very much like Rocket League in the fact you just have these three v three battles. But unlike Rocket League, I feel like it's a lot easier to uh, get decent at. I'm not going to say get good, but get decent at. But you have uh, special balls and special maps, and you can do all kinds of things in these in these battles. Uh, but it's a great little knock-around game. Uh, you know, we, we actually, uh, most Friday nights, the Mando Bros get together, and we have several uh, custom gun games and 3v3 matches and uh, in Black Ops Cold War. Uh, but this week, we just played Knockout City for like four hours and it was a absolute blast. Um, but in addition to, in addition to knockout city, 
I did get an opportunity to play a little bit of, of uh, Warzone. Uh, but I actually uh, jumped into a little bit of Empire of Sin the other day. Uh, back when we discussed the game drops that were coming out, gosh, I think it was December. Man, it was their second um, episode. Yeah. <laughs> we talked We talked yeah. about Empire or of Sin. first. And I was interested in it. Uh, but I hadn't had an opportunity to play it. But it is now available on Xbox Game Pass. So I was like, hey, what the heck? I'm going to give this a shot. So I installed it a few weeks ago, and I finally took the opportunity to play it a couple days ago. And I haven't played a ton of it, so I don't want to to give a full impression on it. Uh, but just my short impression of the game was that it was a pretty fun game if you're just looking for something to sit around and play slowly. Um, the game actually entered directly into like a conversation with a boss. And so you had that kind of uh, NPC-like conversation, like you'd have them fall out where you choose your conversation line. Mm-hmm. And that just was a really slow start to the game. Uh, once you actually got into the tutorial, though, it was actually pretty fun. It's a it's a turn based game, uh, turn based combat game, and it actually was pretty fun setting up your crew and setting up your rackets and kind of choosing how you were going to go about uh, setting up your your uh, crew in the city. And I did enjoy that. I also booted up Hitman this week. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. You're lying. No, you didn't. No, you're lying. I booted it it up. It up, He didn't even get into a match. And then I quit. Yeah, see that? So, uh, (laughs) I was too tired. I was too tired to even start that. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm surprised you didn't have it downloaded at this point. Pretty fun, eclectic week. You know, the funny thing is, though, I bought Hitman 1 and 2 when I bought Hitman 3 so that I could play all three of them in line. And so, I'm still on Hitman 1. So uh, we'll get there. We'll get there one of these days. I just really want to uh, talk about the last level with you guys, and I just—it's never going to happen. Maybe for like episode one hundred or something like that, right? Well, <laughs> not at this rate. Not at this rate. We're not. Speaking of talking about games together, uh, that takes us right into the news. And today they released the news that the medium is coming to PlayStation. Now this is a game that I got to play a little bit of a few months ago when it first released on xbox and uh pc because it took advantage of the xbox series x's powerful uh processor and hard drive uh, slash ssd uh to be able to run both of these worlds at the same time but we got the news today that the medium will be leaving xbox exclusivity and also coming to playstation so aaron you're going to have the opportunity to play this. Are you excited about the opportunity to play Bloober's big game, the medium? Bloober's. I mean, first off, like this happened very quickly that they took it away from its exclusivity. Um, second of all, I'm not too sure I am going to play it for a couple of reasons. One of them was your uh, less than glowing review that you gave of it. You kind of hated the whole thing, which to your <laughs> point, you and I kind of talked about this earlier and you did bring up the fact that I like very different games than what you do. I like the slower kind of pull you into the storyline games, which maybe does have a little bit more to do here in the medium, but also every reviewer, all like fan base, like no one had anything good to say about this game. I haven't read any like great reviews about it. Not a single one. So, I mean, if it comes out on uh, PlayStation Plus Game of the Month or anything like that, that I can just download the game and play it, um, then sure, yeah, I'll jump in and play it. But am I going to spend money to play the medium? No. No, I'm not. Yeah. The medium was a phenomenal concept. 
but I feel like it wasn't as good of a output. Um, they could have done so much with it, but I feel like the it was just so wonky. It was hard to play for me. I mean, uh, it was it, uh, is, it was fixed frames, right? Like you walk into the room and you can't control yes. the camera. So it was like earlier Final Fantasy, which was great back then. But to how we play video games it's, now, you don't want something like that. It feels so weird. Uh, but it's very much a puzzle game and very much a psychological horror. So right up your alley. I mean, yes. <laughs> but but uh, I am extremely hesitant to put real money down for that. So Right. Speaking Regardless, on a, a game oh. that is right up someone's alley, Chad, what about hey. Call of Duty Season 4 that is launching tomorrow as of this recording? Um, I'm, I, it looks boring, to be honest. <laughs> to be 100% honest, it looks so boring. Everyone's saying that, too, man. Like, all the streamers I, I watch, and the, no one's looking forward to it, it seems like. Um, I mean, I'll buy, the, I'll buy the Battle Pass. I'm sure I'll complete the Battle Pass. But... I've got other things that I'm going to be playing, I think, more than Warzone. And I was talking about this with a couple other streamers on Twitter the other day. And maybe we can talk about this in the future episode. But, like, Battle Royale games, I think I think the market is shifting. I think that we are not, we're not at the end of Battle Royale. But I think we are about to start seeing a shift to games moving away from battle royale and um i i likened my my stance to the hunger games movies if you guys remember the hunger games franchise they lasted for about what six to eight years for the four or five movies that came out maybe 10 years max i don't even think they hit 10 years for the time frame and those are those games spawned the battle royale genre in my opinion those movies spawned the battle royale genre and PUBG and fortnite been around since 2017-ish. And I don't know. I War, Warzone is... Warzone's Warzone. It's probably the, you know... It, it's probably the number one battle royale that's out there right now, in my opinion. And a lot of people think that as well. But I, I, I don't think Fortnite's going to go anywhere. But I think the first-person shooter battle royale is going to still be around. But it's it, games are going to be shifting. And we'll talk about some of the games in, in a little bit since we're talking about E3, but one thing in preface of getting into E3, nobody talked about Battle Royale. There was one Battle Royale game mentioned in E3, and it's not a game I'm going to get, which we'll talk about in a little while, probably. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I The only thing, that, here's, what, here's what I like. Everyone knows that I'm the streamer. My name is Brace War. The one thing that I like about the, uh, the new Call of Duty season is one thing I say sometimes on my streams is brace for impact, and they say that in the trailer for the new season. They have big old block letters across the thing. It says brace for impact. So I got really excited when I saw that. That was the only thing that excited me. Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with most of your points about Battle Royales starting to, to age a little bit. But what I disagree with is the fact that Battle Royale has been the first time in a first-person shooter game that I've truly felt successful when winning a game. Uh, when you play a multiplayer match in Call of Duty, it's just a death match. No pun intended. I mean, it's just you die and you respawn. And people get super confident because they can get a bunch of kills in a team death match. But just because you got a bunch of kills, that deaths also count. But yeah, when mm -hmm. you have a battle royale, a battle royale has made Call of Duty so much more tactical. 
you know, you have to actually think about what you're doing. You have to think about how can you approach situations differently? Because if I approach a situation wrong, I don't just respawn. I start a new game. So I feel like Battle Royale has given a much better carrot at the end of these games than traditional team deathmatch was. So I hope we continue to see battle royale games of some form. I mean, honestly, uh, we could have talked about this later because of E3, but I feel like this was this re- uh, release was a little bit before E3. The Battlefield 2042. Like I feel like this this just flows right into this. That we have found out that Battlefield 2042 will have no campaign and no BR. And you can ask Aaron. Last week when we talked while you were gone. I was excited for Battlefield 2042 and what it could mean for a tactical shooter in the BR realm. But now that we don't have that, I have lost almost any interest. Yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly what I was um, hinting at. I didn't, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to go into the E3 topics right now, but Battlefield 2042 and Halo, the two biggest first-person shooters that are coming out this year that have been announced. Um, Neither one of them mention BR at all. Now, Halo's never had BR. We know that. But in today's genre, everyone was like, oh, man, Battlefield BR, we're going to get it. It's going to finally give Call of Duty something to compete against. And they have not come out and said that they're not going to have BR, but they have also not confirmed that they're going to have it. You know what I'm saying? They have neither confirmed nor denied a BR presence. The only thing they have said is the initial launch is only going to be this massive multiplayer game of 128 people in a match. And yeah, that's cool and all, but the lack of a campaign and the lack of a BR, I think I think a lot of people are excited for the game, but and this is this is one of the points I was going to make later on in the show, but I'll I'll say it now. Like BR has been popular for 6 to 8 years, you know, at best 6 years if you count some of the earlier iterations of Battle Royale, but since 2017, um, so four years really with PUBG and and Fortnite, um, the games that people played back in the day, you know, when Halo 2 and Halo 3 were out, that was was eSports. Halo made eSports, like I know League of Legends is huge, but Halo made eSports popular in an everyday name. I, I won money myself playing Halo 2 tournaments. And so... I know what you say about you know multiplayer and, and stuff like that is just not as fulfilling when you get a win, but it also you know if you think about it, Halo Two like I said it brought main it brought first person shooters to the mainstream and then you got like Modern Warfare Two which was a game changer in multiplayer and then you had um, like Black Ops and stuff like that in the in the battlefields. The problem is we've been so inundated with Battlefield. And I know they've taken a couple years off, but every year we got a Battlefield since 2010. Every year since like 2012 or whatever, 2010, I don't know, we've gotten a Call of Duty. Halo hasn't made anything in t- in anything worthwhile in 10 years either. You know, they've had a few other games, but Halo 3 is 10 years old, and Halo Combat Evolved is 20, 20 years old in November. Like, the problem that, the reason Battle Royales are so popular now is because we have just gotten repetitive multiplayer gameplay and i think that battlefield 2042 is going to change the game of multiplayer because called call of duty and black ops multiplayer like the current games that are out now while uh modern warfare and the other one they're just the same old thing they're not nothing special but i think black i think battlefield and i think the return of halo multiplayer 
which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more of in, in a little bit, that is going to be switching the gears and people are going to switch back to multiplayer um, yeah. more than they are now. To, to agree but disagree with you slightly, I agree that I was not disappointed not to find out that there was a Halo BR. But that's because to me, uh, just even the way Halo is set up, it's much more of an arcade shooter. Whereas Battlefield... Halo doesn't need a, it, a Battle Royale. It doesn't No, need it doesn't. It doesn't at all. But Battlefield and Call of Duty are... They're not Arma. They're not full-on army you know, simulators. But they are supposed to be somewhat of that way. You know, they're supposed to be tactical shooters. And, you know, even looking at the Battlefield trailer with the massive multiplayer rounds, it didn't look like it was war. It looked like shipment. It looked like shipment on ground war. <laughs> it like you stuffed 128 people in a small map and told them to run over each other is what the whole trailer looked like to me. So, yeah, I just... I was I was not impressed at all. I was super amped to see the Battlefield trailer, and after watching it, I just I feel disappointed. Yeah, I think I think will be I think I think Battlefield will come out with a battle royale. They failed at their battle royale, and that's the reason why I don't think we see anything right now. I think they are going to concentrate on what they do, have done best, which is multiplayer. I'm not saying that they've been better at multiplayer than Call of Duty has. I don't know if I can say that. I think Call of Duty has been overall the better franchise between the two. But I think that um, we're going to, just like Call of Duty, like Warzone, Warzone, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare was uh, was released in November. We had um, Warzone come out in March. So I think we'll probably see some kind of delayed reaction and d- delayed launch for uh, Battlefield um, BR. Once they figure some kinks out and see how everything else rolls. So I don't think it's out of the woodworks yet. I think we'll still get it. But I just think that the fact that they did not announce it as a competitor to Call of Duty, that's why I that's why I made the comment in the in the thought out and put the thought out there that BR may be slowly slowly turning a, a turning point in the markets and going back maybe towards more multiplayer. I agree with that. Uh, but while I was disappointed with the Battlefield twenty four I was not disappointed by the Razer keynote. Razer has announced a 14-inch blade that will have an AM5900. That's a Ryzen 9 5900HX with a RTX 3080 graphics card in it. You may be able to fry pancakes and bacon on the backside of that as hot as it could be. <laughs> but that is going to be a powerful laptop. Imagine how hot that thing's going to be sitting on your lap. Oh, 100%. I mean, I've got a Razer Blade Stealth, which only has an MX150 and an i7 processor, and that sucker gets hot when I'm typing papers. So can you imagine this? I mean, now, the Ryzen 9 is a very cool CPU, so it's not going to get very hot. But that 3080, that thing can be a flamethrower. So, uh, which I know they've they've done some inventive things with their cooling, and so it could be pretty impressive. Uh, but this is a really impressive lineup of uh, laptops. It's going to have a 165 hertz QHD screen. And so they've released a full series of these 5900HX laptops, uh, starting with a 3060 going up to a 3080. The 3060 will only be $1,800, and the 3080, though, will be $2,800. Now, that's a massive price for a laptop, but most of the 3080s right now are going for $2,200. Uh, through scalpers 
So when you compare just a graphics card at 2200 versus a laptop at 2800 it doesn't sound too terribly bad. I mean, the 3080 stock price is $800. So, um, you know, that's a pretty good package, right? You know, if I didn't have my, if I didn't have my 3080 and my desktop, I would, I would definitely be considering this. Uh, but regardless, you know, while that just absolutely piqued my interest, there was a lot of, of new information that piqued a lot of people's interest over the last few days. There was a lot of, of great games that have been announced. Uh, there have been a few disappointments over the last few days. <coughs> Zelda. But, uh, you know... <laughs> I was wondering why you put that in there. It's been a lot of announcements that have come out over the last few days, and, and we just want to break down a few of those. Uh, we're not going to fully draw out this and talk about every single game that came out because there is just a load of games that came out. But what we want to talk about is a few of the highlights, uh, a few things that we were unimpressed by. We've already discussed one of those being Battlefield 2042. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of games that we're excited about, a lot of games coming to Game Pass, and uh, a lot of big stuff coming to Nintendo. Um, but, yeah, let's get let's get started with that. Guys, um, how much of the E3 coverage were you able to catch over the last few days so live coverage i wasn't really able to catch much a little bit of the nintendo um nintendo play that they did today but other than that it was mostly listening to uh other uh content creators and what they had to say about it or looking up um postings online to see what was revealed throughout the day um but yeah i didn't get to sit down and watch too much today was the first day that i've had where i could actually like tune into a computer at all I got to watch a good portion of the Xbox one because I was unable to stream. So I was just doing my regular work for my wife's blog. And I just had it up on the side while I was doing everything for that. And I got to see all the good stuff I wanted to see. Well, it works out perfect then. Uh, so, Aaron, let's start with you then. So the Nintendo uh, Direct happened today. And I, I know I caught a little bit of it as well. What was what to you stood out the most from Nintendo Direct today? Um, well, it's coming up in a little bit for us to talk to you, but I'll knock it out of the way now was the Metroid game. Metroid 5 coming out. I am so excited for that. It has been way too long since we have played Metroid, and to finally have Samus in our hands again. I've been going back with the, uh, with the emulators that they have on the Switch, the old, uh, Super Nintendos that they have, and playing it on there. But now we get it with some updated graphics, um... I almost expected them to go in the full 3D world, like what they did with the GameCube. But no, it's more of a 2D side-scroller game. And gameplay is running really smooth on it. It looks awesome. They've added in a lot of different mechanics, including a parrying mechanic, which looks awesome. Um, But yeah, I am excited about it. I know that you mentioned it too. Oh, absolutely. You know, honestly, while I love 3D games, when it comes to my Nintendo... 2D games are where it's at. So honestly, but that that's the thing for me. So uh, we're going to talk about these two consoles. Uh, and honestly, we didn't get much console information from either one of these. E3 this year was just not about consoles. We were expecting to see the Switch Pro. Honestly, that's why I sat down and watched most of this Nintendo Direct, hoping that, hey, we've got one more thing, and here's our Switch Pro. I was waiting for that, that uh, wonderful Steve Jobs moment of the one more thing. Uh, but... Uh, they did not get that. They just said, how did you like that? Uh, have a good day. And uh, that was it. So uh, I didn't. I want more. <laughs> I want my new yeah, Super Nintendo. No. My Super Nintendo well, Switch. That's what I want to call it. Right. That's what that's what I'm looking for, man. 
and uh, I didn't get that today. So I was a little disappointed, but I was extremely excited about Metroid. To be honest, it's probably one of the few games that I saw today that I actually um, would even pre-order, if that's an option. Uh, but uh, the 2D aspect of Nintendo. Nintendo is a thing I like to sit back with and kind of knock out a little game. I don't like to play... I have several 3D games. I have Skyrim, I have Wolfenstein, I have Borderlands, all on my Switch. Uh, but I don't sit down and play those games. Um, but Mario, this type of Metroid... 100% I'm going to be on that stuff. Uh, but Chad, what about Xbox? You know, we didn't we didn't see much about console, but what was the big takeaway for you from the Xbox keynote? Um well, they had a, they had a few big takeaways I feel. Honestly, between the two systems, Nintendo and Xbox, they won when it came to releases and announcements of games. But I think the biggest takeaway that a lot of people and we stress this a lot, we have a whole episode about this, but Xbox announced 30 games, 30 games. Okay. 27 of those are going to be available on Xbox game pass on launch day. So yes, Xbox is taking a huge risk, um, by not getting the game sales, but they're wanting you to buy that 1599 a month recurring game pass, um, subscription in which they will make more money in the long run anyways. So yeah, there's 30 games coming out that Xbox announced, and 27 of those games are going to be available on Xbox Game Pass for console. Not all 27 of those are available on the Ultimate Pass for the PC, but a good amount of the big-name titles will be available on PC as well. So that's, I mean, that's the biggest takeaway, is that if you think about it, Xbox is revolutionizing the way we are purchasing video games right now. They are giving everybody a way to play their big AAA, you know, top of the line, $100 million sales, expected games, you know, things like that by for free, essentially. You don't have to buy games anymore because you have Game Pass. And, you know, all the big names that they talked about um, are going to be available on Game Pass on launch day. And that that's insane. We, we You know, we have a whole episode about Game Pass and why it is the best deal in video gaming. And we talked about it that... What kind of innovations are going to be coming next? You know, is PlayStation going to come out with their own version of this? And as of right now, we still don't know. PlayStation probably has something in the works. There's rumors. But Xbox is now making it so you don't have to buy physical games or digital copies of games anymore. You you pay for your Netflix service. You pay for your Disney Plus service. And now you play pay for your Xbox service. So you can play all these games as much as you want. You know, without having to purchase the actual game. So... That alone, in my opinion, is probably the biggest and best um, announcement out of the whole four days, three days, four days, whatever it was. Absolutely, you know, and that's that's exactly what I was was uh, expecting. Uh, that's exactly what I took away as well. I mean, that is a huge deal in gaming. You know, Netflix has proven the subscription works. Xbox is just absolutely raking it in with it. Um, and the number of games we're seeing here and the, and the number of games that we're going to be getting in the future, you can just think about the, now that they have Bethesda in their corner, what we're going to see in the future. I mean, we already know Indiana Jones is coming. I was disappointed not to see that in the <laughs> keynote. Uh, but you know, we know that's coming. Uh, we know Elder Scrolls six is coming. Um, you know, but while we're, you know, we're talking about that. Um, the next thing we have in here is big surprises. And I'm going to say the biggest surprise that I had was the fact that they announced that Starfield is coming out November 11th, 2022 as a Microsoft exclusive 
for Xbox and PC. You know, Starfield has been previously announced prior to the purchase, and we've talked about this several times. Now that Bethesda has per- been purchased by Microsoft, are these games going to be Xbox exclusive? And I think resounding, we have said, not likely. But now we have seen one of the games come out as Xbox exclusive. So, Aaron, how are you feeling about that? Um, I wasn't too surprised by this. I kind of thought that as soon as they announced that Microsoft was buying Bethesda, I kind of figured it was going to go this way. The only hope that I had that it wasn't going to go this way was how long this game has been in development. So the fact that it's been going for quite a while, I kind of thought, well, maybe they had a pre-existing contract that they were going to come out with a uh, with the PlayStation version of it as well. But I'm not I'm not too bummed. It's so far away that maybe I'll have an Xbox by the time this actually happens. And if not, then I will live vicariously through you guys. Um, game is that looks a game awesome. you were even excited for? Because I feel like when we talked about the Bethesda games, like Fallout games weren't games you played a lot of no and this is like the new version of that but just in space you know no no it wasn't it wasn't something that i was extremely excited about which i mean it it's weird for me because it's not that i don't like the fallout games once i start playing them i get really into it but i just don't play them often it's not my go-to game to pick it up but once i do pick it up i will binge through the entire thing um so I'm sure the day that I get this in my hands, I will do exactly that. I will binge straight through it and be done with the game within a week or two. But I, I'm not hurting that I'm not going to have it in my hands. But I am excited that you guys are going to have yeah. it. I really hope that both of you do get it so that I get to hear all about it and get to hear your thoughts and opinions on it and listen to you guys talk about it. But um, not having it in my hands is not is nowhere near the end of the world for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for it. I think it honestly the trailer wasn't the trailer wasn't too profound. It wasn't so overwhelming. You were just like catching your breath. Oh man, this is going to be amazing. It, you know, it's for a game that's not coming out for a year and a half from now. It's what you'd expect in a preview trailer. So, there's obviously going to be a lot more to it. It's Bethesda. We know they're going to put out a quality game um as long as they, you know, as long as the people that designed Fallout 76 are not on this team, I think we'll be okay. Because I don't think they are. <laughs> it's you the know, same people that made, what, Skyrim and Fallout 4, right? So, yeah. while I'm going to pull back to one of the points you just said. This is exactly what you would expect from a cinematic trailer a little over a year before it's going to come out. But this was not a cinematic trailer. This was gameplay footage from inside the Creation Engine 2. That was a pretty impressive oh, really? trailer to be coming out of Creation Engine 2. Wait, that was actually someone playing the game? I, th- I thought that was all cin- well, cinematic, to be 100% honest. I mean, it was, but it was developed inside the game engine. A lot of times they'll show you cinematics with something they just developed, you know, CGI. But this was actually in-engine video. Nice. I did not know that. So, that was pretty impressive footage to be in-engine. Um Again, you know, to me, while Starfield is not huge on my list, just because I'm not a huge space odyssey type person, um, but the fact that it is Skyrim in space and everybody knows my feelings on Skyrim, um, 100% will be playing that, especially since it's going to be on Game Pass, no doubt. Uh, but, you know, to me, whenever Bethesda was purchased by Microsoft, 
I was going to give it 20% odds that it was exclusive, 80% that it was just going to be wide open. And now the fact that this has come out as an exclusive, to me, that is making Elder Scrolls 6, Fallout 5, all that much more of a question on exclusivity. And while, you know, I know people aren't going to like to hear that and people are going to disagree, that's huge for the Xbox. But, you know, at the end of the day, even if Aaron doesn't have an Xbox by the time Starfield comes out, Xbox is already saying that they're working on a streaming stick. They're working on ways to integrate this into TVs. I mean, we're going to see an Xbox Stadia type deal by, you know, sometime next year. Does that mean that they're getting away from the console? Absolutely not. They're already working on the next console because that console is still their flagship. But, you know, there is going to be a lot of innovations in the coming years on how we're going to be playing these games. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. let's uh, let's move on to, into the games. And let's talk about the games that, that uh, are probably the most anticipated games. And while we're not going in order, this one is first because it's first. <laughs> and that's Halo Infinite. This is absolutely one of the most anticipated. I wish we had the theme song right now that we could play. Lots of people. I mean, there's a lot of PlayStation fans who will buy an Xbox just to play this game. Yep. So we know Halo Infinite is coming this holiday. We also know, as Bray said, that the multiplayer looks phenomenal. But what about the new Yo, that grappling hook? That grappling hook, bro? Mm. Dude, yeah. It's going to be some interesting traversal. Uh, but what about the news we got today that. Halo Infinite is going to have a battle pass without expirations. And you can actually go back and buy previous battle passes if you missed one. See, yeah, I have that's... no intention on ever playing this game, but I was excited to see that. You're not going to ever get out of here, bro. You know what? There's, I have, Like I said, the only bit I've played of any Halo game was the first few minutes of the first mission of the first game. Um, maybe someday I'll pick it up. I'll play through all of them, but this is more than likely not going to be something I'm going to be playing on day one. But the fact that they have this, I am excited for you guys. (laughs) Xbox, I know we are not sponsored or anything like that. We are still a young podcast, but when you listen to this episode in the future, please graciously gift our friend Aaron an Xbox so he can learn (laughs) that Xbox is the master console. Thank you. But yes, no, I'm excited for this game. I can't wait. Deliver it to my door himself. Hey, man. Really we can dream. We can dream. Um, so uh, Master Chief Collection kind of has a battle pass, so to speak. And you can, uh, it's it's all cosmetic related. There's no, you know, it's not like Call of Duty where you're going to get a new gun and things like that. And I never buy it because it is all cosmetic. But it's kind of the same thing. There's not really an exclama- ex- exclamation. There's not really an expiration on it, um, even though they do have new seasons and stuff. Um but I am excited about this battle pass because with it not being a war zone or you know a battle royale type of scenario, are they going to be giving us new guns? You know, because if it's a battle pass that has no expiration, it's all cosmetic based where you only have to make a one time purchase. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I'll I'll buy it day one and then I'll have it for 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 forever. But like, it just depends on what the content of the battle pass is going to be because if it's only cosmetic related you know i that's fine i'm okay with that but if it's you know you're gonna get new um new guns new new maps or whatever you know in-game currencies for other things that you can buy because i know there's you know different helmets and like i said it's halo is a very cosmetic um storefront when you look at buying the um, options 
So are they going to give us operators, so to speak, that are new sets of armor to make their Spartan look different? I'm, I'd, be, I'd be cool with that kind of stuff. I think it would be... I think that'd be really awesome for a battle pass, but if it's all just cosmetic where, you know, you get a new, you get a new helmet here, you get a new skin for a gun or skin for a, uh, you know, your, your armor, it's not that game changing, but if it is more content that you'd expect to be purchased, like new operators or new Spartan full sets of armor and things like that, I think that that will be pretty, pretty revolutionary for the battle pass genre because everyone knows that. You can't have a game anymore without having a battle pass. Absolutely. Anything else on Halo? I mean, I think I think it was everything I wanted it to be, to be 100%. As a Halo fanboy, Master Chief should have won the um, uh, our contest of March Madness. I'm just letting everyone know that again, remind, reminding you of that. You lost for um, a reason. <laughs> um, but I, I've, been, well, I've been playing Halo since, you know, Day one, it was the first game I got with my Xbox, and I've never not played a Halo game. I've beaten them all. I'll probably run through the, all the campaigns before this one comes out just to refresh my memory and get everything rolling, get those juices flowing, you know? Um, You'll get those but, done before uh, Hitman. <laughs> probably. Probably. I just think that for a game that we've been waiting so long for, because we haven't had a new Halo anything for years... And the last couple of Halos were lackluster, to say the, to say the least. Um, if, if the gameplay... I'm not even worried about the campaign, to be 100% honest. The campaign's going to be good. It's going to be long. It's going to be epic. It's open world, which we talked about before um, in, in, so, in some ways. I think that if the multiplayer is as awesome as the trailer looks and plays like that, it's going to be awesome. And it's everything a little halo lover like myself is wanting. I mean, it's going to be a great iteration. And even if it's not, they're giving it to you for free. Yeah, true. And it's cross platform. So I can play with all my Xbox homies. You don't even have to have, you don't even have to have game pass. They're giving the multiplayer for free. It's going to be free to play. I mean, this is insane. Like, I don't know what's wrong with the Xbox executives right now, but they are just like hating money. Like they hate money. Like Mr. Beast hates money. But, um, yeah. Nonetheless, Halo is going to be huge. So, speaking of other things that are huge, and to let Aaron talk for a little bit about what he's excited about, uh, what about Elden Ring? I was contemplating the screen in it, but we all know that I get a little too loud. Elden Ring. I am so excited for this. Um, it is going to be the newest From Software game. It is co-written by George R.R. R. Martin, who wrote... Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Thank you. Thank you. So thank the you. ending's gonna yeah. suck. So, well, let's <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But I am excited for this game. Um, the I watched through the trailer and everything. I know that the trailer has gotten some flack that the graphics are not the most beautiful graphics in the world. But gameplay, all the From Software games have been amazing. So I absolutely love them. I adore them. I'm looking forward to this. Um. It's going to be kind of a leap from what From Software does, where it's going to be an open world style game, and they're going to make the bosses optional that I read. So I'm not sure what that means, and if it's going to be all the bosses are optional, kind of more like a um, Breath of the Wild style thing, or there's going to be some skippable bosses within the game. Who knows? I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, we're going to have dragons. You get to ride a horse. So it's it's basically going to be uh, Demon Souls meets Breath of the Wild. And I am ready for that. 
You almost had me until that last comment. <laughs> no, you got to play this but one with me. You got to play it. So, you, I mean, you just also, had to these, ruin it for these me. from software games, um, a lot of people online, I've been seeing a lot of um, people saying that they hope that this game is going to have some kind of difficulty uh, mapping that you can do to change your difficulty settings. But uh, from software has notoriously just made their games extremely challenging and unforgiving and not giving you the option to go through and um change your difficulty settings in a traditional way where uh Sekiro which is a game that I'm playing right now is also an extremely difficult game you die every few seconds in that but you do have the option to change your difficulty setting inside of the game where there's a bell that you can ring and it will make the game harder not easier. They won't turn it down for you for anything, but you can make oh, the game harder. Oh, that sounds awesome. So, um, and with <laughs> that, I mean, obviously, like, your enemies will drop better loot. You'll get better um, prizes from it. So it's it's a rewarding factor for um other than just the challenge behind it. But I am looking forward to this. The bosses all look amazing. Um, graphics aside, I'm just assuming maybe this was done on the PlayStation 4 kind of graphics where they were pulling it from that. Because it's also going to be a PlayStation 5 and a PC game. So, oh, and Xbox too. I believe it's out on Xbox and, though. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Is this the first time that a From Software has come to Xbox? I believe so. I really do. Um, I know that uh, Demon Souls remake was a uh, purely PS5 exclusive, and I want to say that uh, Sekiro was a PlayStation console exclusive, but it also came out on PC. So this may be nice. the first time that they have ventured over to anything to do with Xbox. So. I'm excited. That means that you guys can join me in my misery. Eh, probably not. If it's anything like George R. R. Martin, um, if you die all the time, like you're like you're mentioning in these type of games, mm-hmm. I'm assuming the like main character when he game. dies, he's not coming back. You're gonna be running through characters all the time. No, like he kills no. people off left and right, dude. Um, typically, in from software games, there is a uh, a reborn mechanic where either you come back as a soul. Or in Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, um, they have it where there's a curse that's on you. Where every time you die, you come back to life. But there is this thing called the Dragon Rot, which kills off people within the world. Which is actually a really cool mechanic to this game. So as you die in that one, um, NPCs who would give you quests could actually die. And make it like a block quest. Because you've screwed up somewhere. There's also the chance hmm. to, to correct that later on in the game, so it's not like a forever thing, but um, they do punish you for dying, but it's it's pretty much guaranteed that you're going to die in these games. <laughs> Sounds cool. Well, with that, speaking of a game where you can lose your character if you die in the game, if you play hardcore in Diablo, you'll lose your character forever, no matter how many hours you put. But Diablo 2 got a release date of september 23rd and when did the release date come out during the xbox keynote i'm blown away by the xbox keynote <laughs> but regardless i'm blown away by diablo 2 diablo 2 like it looks like it is going to be a ton of fun uh i'm so excited that it's going to be cross progression but i'm so disappointed it's going to be cross play they're going to make me buy like four copies of this game just so that i can play with everybody <laughs> but um regardless I'm excited for this game. Who else is going to be playing Diablo 2 with me on 23rd? Oh, hands down. I will be I've right never there played. I've never played one we, before. We can go. Hold on. Let me. Let me. September 23rd. 
Diab. There we go. Now it's in our, now it's in our roster of episodes. There we go. So on We're September committed. 30th, you can expect a Diablo 2 review. Uh, but yeah, this game looks like so much more than a remaster. It looks like a new Diablo game. But I've always heard Diablo 2 was one of the best ones. But I actually picked up Diablo on Diablo 3. So I'm super excited to be able to step back into Diablo 2 and play it with comfort that we're used to with newer games. Um, so yeah absolutely excited to find out that september 23rd release date man it is going to be an incredibly busy fall of gaming yes it will be tell me what we got <clears throat> Kinnebridge of spirits death loop diablo far cry 6 call of duty back for blood all kinds of stuff yeah um, nice and busy <laughs> well since we're since we're on you know elden ring and diablo um those dungeon dun- those dungeon type games um Aaron, Breath of the Wild 2. I know we talked about it a little bit, but... Yeah, I know excited? I know. Seth is over here uh, hating on it hey. because it was voted uh, best game ever over uh, that one game that he loves that I forgot the name of, but... <laughs> Chad, we're currently talking <laughs> about anticipated games, not disappointing. Uh, I know what I'm saying. So, Breath of the Wild it's 2. It's probably anticipated <laughs> for <laughs> people. Yeah, we are very... It's on the list. Very much anticipated. Right there. Yeah, you put it there. I'm pretty sure you typed this. Um, so we're going to play this and we're going to love it. And you know what? Next time we go through one of these and we're talking about what the best game that year was, um, I'm sure we're going to be talking Breath of the Wild 2. And Seth's going to be really mad. And Chad and I are going to vote it up and <laughs> it's going to win. Man, so, make so, so you were you weren't in you weren't in the chat during the pre-show when we were warming up, and both Seth and I are in full agreement that this trailer is very underwhelming and does not look like something that we are going to purchase. I mean, we know nothing about the story elements or anything like that from the game, and the graphics do look exactly like Breath of the Wild one was. But Link's got a cool prosthetic arm; kind of looks like Sekiro. Um, he can shoot flamethrowers out of it, also like Sekiro. So maybe, maybe there's some kind of like crosswork going on from from software and Nintendo right now. They're like helping each other out on character design. I think that's what's happening here. <laughs> so you know how last week during our Mario episode we talked about how Mario All Stars was our number two because Super Mario Brothers one, two, and three were very similar, but they had different features. But they were very similar games. But they all were good in their own right except for two but breath of the wild and breath of the wild 2 is shaping up to be the same way they're going to be the same game the graphics are the exact same like when you were watching the trailer you could have just expected them to have taken little photo mode or screenshots in breath of the wild and then sold it to people as breath of the wild 2 there was nothing about that trailer that stood out as a improved game all right i'm gonna defend it here so there there are new mechanics that you can see from the short trailer that they put in there. Link can walk through walls in some points. He's got a flamethrower that he shoots out of his arms. He can like skydive. There's all kinds of stuff that they've added for gameplay okay. to kind of give and you a new experience. But it does. And that's what I said. So that's it does have. It does have a new. There's, there's new mechanics in Super Mario Brothers three compared to Super Mario Brothers one. Yeah, but it's not like it's one or two mechanics. I'm sure we. But can the expect graphics a lot out were of essentially it. the same. Well, yes. They have not. I will not argue that there. The and, graphics are and, the same. And that is what I talked about when we had that episode was the fact that 
I have played Skyrim. I have played Borderlands. I have played Wolfenstein. I have played countless games on my Switch. It That proves how powerful it is. But Nintendo still says that Breath of the Wild proves its power. And there's nothing about Baby's First Skyrim that proves to me <laughs> that it has quality graphics. You know what? I'm pretty sure that if we look back on our episodes when we first talked about Breath of the Wild, you were like all for it until it beat off Red Dead. That was your <laughs> that was your turning point against this game. There's been like the seed that has been planted in your head to make you permanently hate Link and all of his adventures now. No, one I've thing that now. <laughs> I hadn't played it then. I've played it now. One thing that kind of disappoints me in the trailer is the the audio, the sound. I just felt like like when you think on classic Zelda games, the music is like some of the more iconic things of the game. And to me, the the music they put in this trailer was part of the reason why I was feeling kind of bummed and let down. I just didn't think it was that Zelda classic tunes that I wanted to hear. And it was, you know, I don't know. I We'll see. We'll see. I haven't ever even finished Breath of the Wild yet, which I, I need to go through and finish. So maybe... I'll finish this and be more excited for it. But, Haven't your kids beaten it? Um, Eli, I don't know if Eli has or not. I don't know. He even got bored. No, he he got. He Anyways, I need I need to protect I need to protect my boy Link from you guys over here. Let's let's move on. You you've hurt Link's feelings here. That poor guy has <laughs> been through so much. Okay, he had to sleep for a hundred years. Woke up well, let's, all sickly. Uh, let's let's leave let's leave the the land of the wilds and head into. Uh, outer space for a little bit we got a couple games that we can talk about and one um if you're in our gaming group um one of the one of the members in the group posted the trailer for this and is excited about it as much as i am i have already pre-ordered this game guardians of the galaxy um we're going into outer space we are going to be led by star lord um aaron and seth and i have all played the marvel's avengers game made by square enix this game is also being made by square enix so what do you guys think I am really hoping that we have a better game here than Marvel's Avengers panned out to be. I wasn't a fan of the games of a service kind of style that we got from Marvel's Avengers, though I did like the storyline. Just thought it was a little too short. Um, that being said, I may be alone on this. I am really happy that you will be playing this game as only Star-Lord. You don't actually control the other characters of the Guardians. So Yeah, the, the gameplay trailer that showed the team-up aspect when... Mm-hmm. Um, you saw Star Lord tell made a you know a button command and Groot or Rocket or whatever did a team up with them. Those that was pretty cool. Kind of reminded me of Marvel's Ultimate Alliance when you could do team ups with your people in there. So it's it's going to be similar to um, how you control Atreus in the new uh, God of War game from 2018. So I know Chad, you haven't gotten the chance to play it. Seth's gotten to chop down a tree. Um, you have a couple buttons that allow you to control Atreus and it'll command one or two moves that he can do. And that's about it. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing with the other members of the Guardians here. But what I am really excited about is that unlike in Marvel's Avengers, having one character that they get to focus on is going to let them expand on his moveset and give you a lot more that you can actually do with the character rather than like the same three moves over and over again that they have to just tweak a little bit here and there. Yeah, I uh, I am nervous about one thing in the game, and this is honestly, as as a as a gamer, I'm nervous of this. Not necessarily as 
a lover of Marvel slash Guardians of the Galaxy comics and things like that. I'm worried that the game is going to focus so much on the internal conversations between the team that it's going to get in the way of actual gameplay. Because the trailer was loaded with rips and quips and jokes and internal, you know, Rocket saying something to Groot, Drax saying something, Gamora chiming in, Star-Lord, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And obviously they showed in the trailer that there were choices you had to make as Star-Lord, the leader, uh, based upon conversations you were having in-game. But I'm, I, I, I wonder if you guys have played the Telltale Gardens of the Galaxy game. It's the Telltale story game. Um, that game was obviously it's a story-based game, so you have to make decisions based upon your conversations that you're having with other people. There was too much conversations going on, and it kind of made the, the game a little boring for me, even though the Telltale games are more of a boring game just in general. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm, that's the one thing I'm nervous about is that you're just going to be they, – they're going to concentrate on having so many jokes and, you know, like rocket digging on Drax and all that kind of stuff going on and Gamora getting defensive all the time that it might lose out on game. I think there may be a little bit more of those story elements than what you may be used to from most of the games that you play, but I am hoping that it's not going to be the entirety of what we're going to see. Um, I almost feel as if Square Enix just kind of wanted to show that off, maybe because A, they probably had more of that set up for this, and B, they kind of wanted to show that you are Star-Lord and you're in charge of your team and this is how you're commanding and how you get to affect how the storyline is going to progress from there. So we saw we saw in the um, gameplay for it that you had the option to either utilize Groot for a mission or utilize Rocket for a mission. And I'm assuming that the mission is going to play out completely differently depending on who you pick. Um, we all know that some of these games happen like this and then the end result doesn't matter at the end anyways, but hopefully it doesn't turn out that way. I saw Great Value Guardians just like I saw Great Value Avengers. So that immediately leads me to believe that Square Enix already had this in development well before the Avengers was released and brought to much hate mail. So while I'm excited that it is Star-Lord only, that is the only thing that gives me hope for this game. It's the main thing that's giving me hope, too. <laughs> I am Because otherwise, I'm cautious. pretty sure we're just getting a Guardians Avengers. I am so cautious the after what happened with Avengers. Here's the question. Do we get... I know Black Panther's coming out for Marvel um, Avengers. Do you think when this game releases, they will put Star-Lord or something like that in the Avengers game? Just for a second or some kind of way to time in. Do you think they will be tied? Are they in the same world? Do we know that or not? You know what? I hope not. I think Square Enix is bit off more than they can chew with Marvel right now. And they need to just commit to what they have. They don't need to worry about the tie-in just yet. You'll probably get Fat Thor in Marvel's Avengers. He'll come in as a skin. <laughs> He'll come in. But speaking of Thor and a alien or out-of-world group that were evicted from their planet or attempted to be from their planet what about the new avatar game that has taken us to pandora and shows us as the humans are trying to evict the people of pandora from their home the navi i'm ready for um it. yeah i'm excited if i can as everyone knows that listens we are big disney people here if i can play a video game that Reminds me of Flight of Passage. I'm all for it. If I can be riding a banshee 
throwing spears, dude, I'm down. I don't care how the gameplay is going to be, whether it's open world or linear or what. I think I think it's going to be cool. Um, one thing I was saying, Seth, you had stepped away in the pre-show when Aaron joined in. Or no, you were taking the phone call. Um, remember how we talked about that Ubisoft was going to be making a Star Wars game? Mm-hmm. Open world Star Wars game? Well, IGN released an article today that the head of um, Disney Games, whoever the guy's name is, I forget his name, um, the head of Disney Games met with Ubisoft and Massive, who is making this Avatar game. I don't know when, but sometime. He got to see a preview of Avatar and the game itself. And this game, Avatar, is what what sealed the deal for Disney Games allowing Ubisoft to make an open-world Star Wars game. So my guess is that this game is going to be really, really good if Disney, the big you know conglomerate that they are, um, met with them. And obviously Avatar is a Disney property in some kind of way. I don't know if the game has anything to do with Disney directly or not, but the Disney Games CEO or president, whoever, whatever they call him, met with Ubisoft about this Avatar game, and because of that, they now get the rights to an open world Star Wars game. So, yeah, that uh, gives me very, very high hopes for this game. All right. Do you think it's actually coming out in 2022? Do you think that the new Avatar movies come out in 2022? Man, I hope so. Man, I hope so too. <laughs> Waiting, what, over a decade for this now? <laughs> Two decades? I don't know. No, if no, no. Uh, this Avatar came out in 2000. Nine, two thousand eight, something like that. So yeah, it's been what twelve years or so now. I don't know if we'll see this game at launch. Um, my thing is with these games that they've all announced and the trailers that were released for the whole entire thing. We've talked about a lot of games that are delayed in the course of this podcast because of the pandemic and stuff like that. One thing about the games that were in here that they were talked about. None of these games are the games that have been previously announced and they've been delayed. These are all new games that came out. There wasn't really anything that we didn't know about. All this stuff was brand new. So I'm thinking and hoping that because they actually did E3 this year and not last year, that these games are actually going to be on time because they made a big show about it, you know? All right, Chad, with the optimism, I'm saying this game comes out in 2023. Giving it a year pushback. You know what? I, I'm happy about that, though. That gives me time to finish Hitman 3. It does. Uh, but regardless, you know, uh, I failed to mention a moment ago, you know, when we talked about the fact that Breath of the Wild is not powerful enough to, to improve, yet Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to the Switch. That was also announced today. Oh, yeah. The Nintendo Direct. That's true. Oh, wow. Nice. I wonder what the, uh, the graphics difference is going to be. Uh, probably just as good. You think because so? Because Square Enix was not impressive with the, but anyways, oh, um, to, to to get off the Avengers bandwagon, uh, which I never was on apparently. Um, moving on to cinematic trailers. What about the cinematic trailer that made fun of cinematic trailers? And that Talking was the Outer Worlds, Worlds Two. <laughs> Their cinematic trailer talked about yeah. At this point in the cinematic trailer, uh, you would cut to a shot of somebody running, and they would cut to a shot of somebody running. And now we're going to look at the hero from the backside because the developers haven't finished developing the face, but what they have finished is the title. Cue that now. <laughs> like it just, <laughs> it was like uh, the perfect like breakdown of every 
uh, cinematic trailer you get for these games. Uh, but I don't know if either one of y'all have had opportunity to play the original Outer Worlds. Yeah, I've played it. Um, you know, but that was developed by the by Obsidian, who developed Fallout New Vegas, uh, who is a game Xbox game studio. Uh, therefore, this will be day one Game Pass when it relaunches in 2022, um, or whenever it launches, because we didn't get a release date on that. Uh, but you know, this one shapes up to be pretty good. Uh, the first one, uh, you could tell that they were still struggling a little bit with it. Uh, it was a very good game, but I, I felt like it wasn't as developed as it could have been. But now that they've got the money from Xbox, I think this will shape up to be a pretty great game. Open so. I never did get to play Outer Worlds 1, so my my impressions on this one are out of it compared to the two of you. But, Chad, you said you got to play it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first one. It was uh, right up the alley uh, you know, of a space Fallout type of game. I enjoyed it. Um, I never beat it. It didn't... I don't know what made me stop playing it. I don't think there's anything that pulled me away from it. I think I just got busy playing other games or probably went back to Destiny 2 because I know Out of Worlds 1 came out when Destiny 2 was full force in my life. Um, I probably will go back and play it um, now that I... You know, number two's... Well, you know, we don't know when it's going to be coming out exactly right. There wasn't a release date, was there? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll probably go back and play the other one. I enjoyed it. It's fun. Um, it's right up the alley of the games that I like to play when I'm playing solo. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. And other games that I know that you're looking forward to right now is the Sea of Thieves Pirates of the Caribbean expansion. Yes. Uh, I was shocked by this, but that looks tempting. Tempting? No, dude. It shouldn't even be tempting. That should be a must-have, dude. Must have. <clears throat> I've been, I've been, listen, Sea of Thieves is one of the most fun, easygoing games that you can play. I've been saying that for months. And I play it when I'm fed up with Warzone or whatever it may be. But as of the date of this recording, which is Tuesday, the 15th of June, um, one week from today, the 22nd, the Sea of Thieves expansion will be coming to, um, will be coming out. And it is free, free for all, just like the game is on Game Pass. It is on, Game Pass Ultimate, so you can get it on PC or Xbox. And I don't know if Johnny Depp is the voice or not, but it sounds darn close to Johnny Depp. I don't know if they somehow pulled him in for this, but it sounds pretty spot on. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I love the game. I've already told my wife that next Tuesday will be an all-day stream for me. I'm going to get on early, play this thing through, and see where what kind of adventures I get on with... Uh, with Jack Sparrow, I, I saw Davy Jones is in the in the game as well. I saw him um, in the trailer. I don't know what other Pirates of the Car- uh, Caribbean um, characters we'll see, but if I can get a skin and make my ship look like the Black Pearl, I'm all down for that too. I'll spend that money because um, that's you know you can spend money cosmetic for cosmetic upgrades. But yes, looking forward to. It. I can't wait. Can't wait. Another game that that uh, was shocked me because I haven't seen one of these since 2014, I believe, was Rocksmith released Rocksmith Plus. Aaron, I know I can see your guitar in the back corner. Have you ever had an opportunity to play the Rocksmith games? Not the Rocksmith games, but uh, um, Guitar Hero I did. A lot of Guitar Hero. Right, yeah. I played a ton of Guitar Hero as well. Uh, But the Rocksmith games, you actually plugged a quarter-inch cord into your actual guitar what and use your 
actual guitar as the controller. And it would develop chords and, and different frets as your uh, ability increased. So kind of like you were talking about with Sekiro a minute ago, mm-hmm. uh, or Sekiro or whatever, um, you know, this game would actually, it would increase the difficulty as it could tell that you were improving. So if you were hitting every note, then it would start giving you chords. And if you started hitting chords really well, it would start giving you more slide lead guitar type stuff. Uh, it was a great way for, to kind of gamify learning the guitar. Uh, but back in the day, it required a USB to quarter inch cord that would plug into an electric guitar or an electric acoustic. Rocksmith Plus is a new uh, game or uh, game as a service that is going to actually use either the cord or your phone as a pickup to then plug into the game to play this on a computer, TV, console, whatever. Okay. Uh, you can even play on an iPad. And so I'm actually really excited about this. I actually... Um, I played some Rocksmith in the past. I never got very far into it, uh, but I always enjoyed it when I did play it. No, that's, uh, so that sounds really exciting. I look exciting. forward to jumping back into this. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Uh, so just trying to understand the mechanics to it, did it, um, did it record the notes through vibrations or how would it know off of your guitar that you were actually hitting the right notes? So it literally, you know, it plugged into your pickups. Okay. So... It would plug into the so instead of plugging into an amp with like a quarter inch jack or whatever, it would plug directly into the console and then it act pretty much like a tuner. I was gonna and say it, it must would, have, it must have worked like a tuner than to yeah. actually pick up the notes that you were hitting. Right. Well, that's and awesome. so it actually had a built in tuner on the game, so you could tune your guitar to be correct, and you could actually change the relay speed uh, once you could tell how quickly you were strumming versus what it was showing on the screen. Uh, but it was actually a load of fun. Uh, honestly, it got frustrating sometimes because it would change difficulty like mid-song sometimes. And so you would be playing one way, and then all of a sudden you'd start giving you chords to play. And it's just like, ah, oh, I'm not ready for that. And then you'd like fail the song or whatever. But uh, it was a great way, and it looks like they have really built it out now to have a, a big community area where you can post videos and, and ask for help and, and uh, a load of songs and just, you know, I think that's part of the reason that they're doing the games as a service is because previously they had a lot of DLC and each song would be a couple bucks or something uh, for popular songs that you would like to play in addition to the playlist that came with the game. Uh, but now, you know, you're going to have a bunch more options. So I'm actually really excited about this and we'll probably probably play some, you know, it, it kind of makes me want to pull my cord out and play on my Rocksmith 2014 a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll regardless. have to take a look at this one. That's that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to play that one a little bit. We can add that one to a review episode sometime. Go. That'd be that'd be pretty fun. Uh, so, moving on to a game that I do not know if you'll have the opportunity to play, uh, but that's Stalker Two. Did anybody have an opportunity to play the first Stalker game? Nope. I have also never had an opportunity to play it, uh, but I know it's always been well received. Uh, but Stalker Two is a post-apocalyptic horror first-person shooter. And it looks phenomenal. And not only does it look phenomenal, it's going to be day one on Game Pass on April 28th of 2022. So guess who? what I'm going to be playing in April. Um, but this looks absolutely awesome. I mean, it kind of gives me the feel of a Destiny Resident Evil, if you will. But it's much more like Destiny, I think. And uh, I look forward to look forward to playing that. Chad, you going to play this with them too so we can get a review in? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I didn't look at the trailer at all. 
Um, so I'll have to check it out. But you know, Destiny, uh, Destiny's uh, right up my alley. So I'll definitely, I guess, check it out. I don't, I don't know anything about it though. Well, like I said, it's more the shooting mechanics to me that kind of look like Destiny. More the, you know, just approaching enemies and such. Not necessarily the uh, full open worldness of Destiny. I'm not really sure. I, I haven't got to look too far into it. Uh, but I know it looks like a pretty awesome action FPS uh, horror game. Um, More on the action side. Yeah. I'll say <laughs> that right now. Cause I'm watching the the trailer for it right now, and it definitely goes in more in the action direction than the other one. But uh, another action game that was announced, uh, but I've not played the third of, is Wonderlands. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. So this is a new Borderlands spinoff that stars Tiny Tina, uh, and it's due out early 2022. And I absolutely love the Borderlands games. Unfortunately, I've not ever had the opportunity to play Borderlands 3. Um, but I absolutely love the Borderlands games, so I'm excited for another uh, entry into this franchise. But the uh, the final game that I have on my list, and unless anybody wants to add anything, is Forza 5. Uh, Forza Horizon 5, I, I should correct, because um, as we have talked about before, Forza is much more technical. Forza Horizon... Uh, is not as arcadey as Need for Speed, but it's a little bit more forgiving than Forza Motorsports. Uh, but Forza Horizon 5, day one game pass for the Xbox and the PC. One of the best looking games that was released during the Xbox keynote. By far, it has, it has been well received. Um, I know you're not a huge racing game, but Chad, this is on Game Pass. Are you going to try it out? Man, it looks so good. I've <clears throat> I've never played a, really any racing games, to be honest. I did like cruising USA and cruising, cruising world or whatever back on the Super Nintendo or maybe the um, Nintendo sixty four, whichever they came out on. But uh, it looks really, really good. Like they fully took advantage of the graphics of the Xbox uh, Series X, and I think that uh, um, the trailer, like, yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, <clears throat> I think that the trailer really shows the power of the Xbox, and that's one thing that. You know, we haven't got to see much of because there hasn't haven't been any really big AAA titles coming out or any Xbox exclusives or anything like that for the Xbox Series X. You know, we've we've talked about it a few times that there's just no games out there really to to pound down the system and show it off. And you know, we'll be seeing that in the next few months with all these new games coming out. And I think that Forza might be like one of the games that people start using to show off the power of the of the Xbox and the, and the graphics and everything like that. It looks beautiful. Absolutely. So Forza for me is actually one of the Xbox games that I have played a lot of. Um, when I first moved to Orlando, my roommate had the Xbox and this is the game that we would play uh, Forza Horizons all the time. And those games have always looked gorgeous. So this one is no exception to that. It looks amazing. Um, out of all the Xbox games that I wish I could play, Forza is definitely up there on my list. So, Chad, you should definitely at least just take a second to play it. You'll appreciate the graphics. It looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, it'll be on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, so might as well, right? <clears throat> might as well try it out for at least a day. <laughs> Absolutely. So, there has been a lot of games that we have not covered, uh, just because there's a ton of games that were released uh, over the last several days of E3. But, guys, let's let's wrap this up. And I'm going to pose this question. Out of all the games you saw, whether we talked about it tonight or not, what are the two games that you were most excited for 
give me that second game first, and we'll go around, and then we'll uh, we'll go on to our number one game that we're most excited for. I'll go first. Um, Guardians for me is going to be my number two. So I know that we were a little bit back and forth on it. If they can do this right, if they can give us a good, solid Marvel video game, then I'm excited. Um, the only decent Marvel games that we've been getting have been Spider-Man, and I absolutely love them. Those have been done through Insomniac instead of uh, Square Enix, but I'm being very optimistic and hopeful here that this will be a good game, and if it doesn't, well, then I'll be sitting here just like I was with Marvel's Avengers and hoping that it gets better. That's going to be my number two. All right, Chad, what about you? I think my number two is probably going to be i don't know i i we didn't talk about it but maybe far cry 6 Ooh. um or possibly back for blood um i know we back for blood's the only game talked about in e3 that we've already talked about it's been announced and trailered and baited already um it would have been battlefield but obviously battlefield i think kind of let me down a little bit as well like it did seth so yeah, I'm gonna have to. I gotta pick one of them. I'm gonna say Far Cry, Far Cry Six. You know, honestly, I'm I'm super excited for Far Cry Six just because of Giancarlo. But watching the trailer for it, the graphics were a little underwhelming for me. Like, I mean, it for real looks like Giancarlo, but there's just something about the graphics. Like, it's not cartoony, but it's just a little blocky. Like, I I wasn't expecting that. It didn't show off a whole lot of like the ray tracing and newer elements that we see with the light right now. Yeah, that's pro- that's probably what it is. I mean, like I said, I don't want to like talk bad about it because it still looks like a pretty good game, but it it wasn't what I expected. Now, just that being said, I will be playing it day one because I'm excited to see Giancarlo as the antagonist because he's just such a phenomenal antagonist. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think for my second. I'm having a struggle with this, but uh, I think just to stay I know in it was kind of tough. With, say, stay in line with the two. I'm going to say Diablo two, uh, just because it's not a new game, but it is a beautiful remaster that I'm extremely excited to play with friends. Um, you know, while I enjoy Call of Duty, I don't love Call of Duty, but I love being able to with friends. And Diablo two is the same way. Uh, I played hours on Diablo three with people I didn't even know and made friendships out of it. Um, and I expect to do the same thing with Diablo 2. So uh, I think Diablo 2 is going to be my number two. So uh, we're back to you, Aaron. What is the number one game that you've seen over the last few days that has excited you the most? Oh, Elden Ring. For the future of gaming. Elden Ring, hands down. I love my From Software games. I am excited about this. I have been waiting. And I didn't mention this earlier, but I think the main reason that I am so excited to see this is because Elden Ring had gone so long on Radio Silence since it was first announced that the gaming community had started to stipulate that the game was dropped. So we thought for a long time that we just weren't going to be getting this game at all. They were scrapping it. It was going to be off the table. And then they came out here and they gave us gameplay footage of it. And they gave us a release date here coming up, so I am excited. Elden Ring all day. All right, Chad. Um, my number one. I'll let you guess what that is, and I'm sure everyone already knows it is Halo. Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank's already out, man. Um, it's actually Jurassic World Evolution Two. 
Um, <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> no. It did look exciting, so I, I could see you diving. Hey, I it. enjoyed the first one. The first one was cool. I liked it. Uh, no, but Halo for sure. Uh, I've been waiting for this game for years, and uh, I'm excited. I I don't even know if excitement is really the full best term for me to use of how uh, highly anticipated this game is in my life right now. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, yeah, Halo, I don't, I don't know. There's not much I can say. I've already said everything I, I want about it. So I think uh, hopefully it does not disappoint. I will say that. Yep. So my number one, I'm going to cheat a little bit because this is the game that makes me most excited about the future of gaming, but it's not the game I'm most excited for. And that's Starfield. Starfield looks great, but like Chad said, there wasn't a whole lot in the trailer that excited me other than the freaking engine. The engine looks phenomenal, and I can't wait to see what they do with Elder Scrolls 6 and Fallout 5 with that engine. So we're going to see some phenomenal games coming up in, in, this, in this generation of gaming. Uh, so while we have none of these games yet, we, we know that we have a big fall ahead of us and a big 2022. But until we can get our hands on these games... We got to play something. So, Chad, what are you going to be playing this week? Um, I'm actually contemplating how I'm going to afford all the games I need to buy. <laughs> um, in the upcoming week, we might, need to start a, we might need to start a Patreon so our listeners can, uh, you know, make some donations to our future reviews. <laughs> um, yeah, I know Game Pass. Luckily, is going to save me a lot of money. Um, but no, uh, I'm going to be playing Destiny Two. Warzone obviously start the new season starts tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow, right? To the yeah. tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, it's coming up by soon. By the time this comes out, it's, it's probably releasing yep. the same day. By the time we out. drop this, it'll be released. Like I said, I'm not... It's just it's lackluster, in my opinion. Um, you can't top Rambo and and uh, John McClane, and they went back a step. <laughs> Should have brought out, like, Schwarzenegger or something. Um, but, yeah, so I'll be playing Destiny 2 Halo, or Destiny 2, um, some Warzone, and Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves a week from today, for sure. Hopefully, maybe a little bit beforehand, but uh, yeah, I will be getting back into um, flying my spaceship and sailing my sailing my my uh, my schooner. Schooner, absolutely. Aaron, what about you? What are you gonna be playing this week? So I got two games that I was going to play before Ratchet and Clank came out, but they came out within a day of Ratchet and Clank, so I had to put them off. Um, both of them I already owned. One of them is Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade came out, which is the added expansion onto uh, Resident, or sorry, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, this includes Yuffie and another guy that is from the original Final Fantasy VII, and we get to play through their story a little bit. So kind of excited. I want to see where that takes us. And then the other is Jedi Fallen Order came out with the PS5 version of the game. So before we had PS5 uh, enhancements added to it, but now it's a full PS5 version of the game. And if you own a PS5 and you have the PS4 version, then you get the free upgrade for it. So I will be downloading that and I will replay Jedi Fallen Order again. Oh, nice. That's cool that they give you a free upgrade. Yep. And then all the trophies and everything that I had on the original um, or on the PS4 version will also pop on the PS5. So I get all those trophies two times. Awesome. And they all just like, oh, rapid. Nice, dude. They all like rapid fire on the screen. It's kind of cool to see. It goes ding, 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 ding. Nice. Trophy hunt, Aaron. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. 
Well, I really don't know what I'm going to play this week. Uh, I know I mean, with, I the new, out with, that. <laughs> with the new season coming out of Call of Duty, I'm sure I'll be into that a little bit. But, you know, I'm just I'm disinterested in Call of Duty other than playing with friends. Um, I do kind of want to jump back into Empire Sin a little bit. The game intrigued me. It's not at the point that I would tell people to buy it, but it's on Game Pass, so it's worth a try. Um, but I definitely would like to play some more Spider-Man this week or God of War. Every time I tried to play this last week, the controller was dead. So <laughs> I got to I gotta remember to charge that controller more often. Plug uh, it in, Mint. Uh, the cord's a little short. It is. Uh, I know, I know, you know, some people have problems with that. The uh, um, It's just a little short. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little Hitman? Some Resident Evil? Maybe. Maybe a little Resident Evil. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm a free agent at the moment. Uh, I'm excited to play some games with people. I'm excited to just play some games. Uh, but I've got to find some time. And i got to find a game that I want to dive into. I tell you, I, I need to jump back and just Assassin's Creed too. But uh, Download Sea of Thieves, man. All that you don't have time. Do you hear all the games he has he has to play? He's over here talking about being a free agent. He's got like 100 hours of games he has to catch up on. That's about True. 500, I think I just mentioned. But uh, regardless, you know, come along with us on this journey, this 500-hour journey um, of games. You know, we love talking about games. We love to uh, talk to you about games. And so we would love for you to join our Facebook group, E3M Gamers. Uh, be sure to like and follow our page, E3M Gaming Podcast, on Facebook. Uh, and just be sure to, to come and hang out and uh, talk to us about the games, you know. Uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to get some uh, community games going again and uh, to dive into some of these games with some people. Uh, you know, Aaron could use some some PlayStation friends since uh, he's, he's stuck over there. Um, but uh, regardless, you know, we have a lot of games coming out that we're looking forward to playing with you. Uh, we have a lot of good co-op games that, that we need to make some parties with. And we have the Discord to, to set those parties up. So, so be sure to uh, check out our Discord link to get on our Discord and and come over there and chat and hang out as well. Uh, but be sure between now and next week to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That helps us to get the word out about our podcast and to be able to talk to more gamers just like you about a topic that we are just incredibly passionate about. Uh, but until then, we'll see you online. Have a good night. Sounds good. See you later. <laughs>